checked this out weeks ago. Forbidden light reading. This is light. Honestly, don't you two read? Welcome to Treat Your Shelf, a podcast brought to you by Booked, and also a safe space to rediscover your inner child, your current worth, and your future badass. I'm Talitha Rubin. Thank you so much for joining us, fellow book readers and book lovers. I have a very, very, very special guest to introduce to you today. It is author and forensic pathologist Ryan Blumenthal, who's here to chat about his book, Autopsy, and a little bit about his career and his experience with writing and literature. Thank you so much and welcome, Ryan. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Alrighty, well, to get started, I would like to firstly ask about the journey of writing your book and what can you tell us about the journey and the process? Okay, thank you for your question. Autopsy took me six years to write. The original draft was about 189,000 words and the final draft after it was diluted, sanitized, is what sits before you now. So. I had to understand how high or how low to pitch it. There were certain things I obviously couldn't discuss. They're just too sensitive or someone would be offended. I wrote from the heart, not from the brain. And it was a personal battle, something that I had to do. It just came out of me like white hot writing. I've just seen enough of man's inhumanity to man. And I just had to put this on paper. And that, that was the reason I did this. People always saw the pamphlets on the street signs saying this person's been murdered or that person's been murdered. And that's where it stops. Like no one knows what happens after the street sign, like the process, you know, what happens next. So my purpose was to demystify the field of forensic pathology and let the public know in very simple language what happens to the body after death. And from some of these chapters, having read start to finish in honestly record time i was just enthralled with what was happening and how much you've seen and how much you've gone through and our knowledge really does stop after we hear the reports of someone's death and just to see what happens and how things are treated and how it affects someone to have to go through an autopsy so it was definitely a huge eye-opener so i would like to move on to our next question Um, very nicely related to what we do here at Booked and reading. And that would be, well, firstly, you mentioned that um, Dr. Joseph Bell and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle are inspiration for you becoming a forensic pathologist and really motivated you to keep going and searching for justice and what you stand for. So I would like to ask you what message these authors and their writing left with you. Dr. Joseph Bell um, was an Edinburgh physician who used to astound his students with observations and deductions, looking at the trifle things, and those things became important. And Sherlock Holmes is fiction, you know, so, but it was based on, on real life. But there's many detectives in fiction, and I'm sure your readers are aware of a host of fictional detectives, everyone from Adrian Monk, Angela Lansbury, Tintin, Inspector Clouseau. I mean, all of these detectives are actually using real forensic principles without even being fully aware that they're using them and without naming them. So I just focused on Holmes because I thought, you know, he's he's quite an interesting um, and understandable method as to how he solves crimes, which is by observation and deduction. But um, what these 
fictional detectives are all using is actually Locard's principle, which is the law of interchange. You know, every contact leaves a trace. And without knowing it, even consciously or, or unconsciously, um, Holmes is even using Locard's principle without even realizing or naming it because every contact leaves a trace. So, you know, those scuff marks on the watch is actually Locard's principle. So in very simple language, I tried to convey the message that I was inspired by the works of Joseph Bell, but of all fictional detectives. And, you know, we've got real problems in a real world and we have to solve them. So, you know, on a day-to-day basis, we are confronted with the worst that mankind has to offer. I'm actually on leave at the moment and taking two weeks uh, holiday it's just to decompress because we have been very busy. But, um, I mean, it's wake up, complete exposure to man's inhumanity to man, work hard, go to bed, wake up, repeat. You know, and I'm, I almost want to say to mankind, like, whoa, man, you know, stop. Just take a step back. What are you guys doing to each other? Like, it just seems totally inhumane, you know, that in the year 2021, uh, we are seeing such horrors. I mean, surely there are better ways to deal with conflict. And then, like, even the policing, like, I mean, sure, you want the streets safe and clean, but I'm actually more worried about what happens behind closed doors. How do we police what happens behind closed doors? So there's there's so much to discuss, and that's why I, I thought I'd address these things in my book. Especially your last chapter, um, towards the end, your 10 lessons from the dead to the living. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially yeah, what you say about what goes on behind closed doors and with COVID going on, you know, especially in the beginning stages where everyone was at home and having to deal with their domestic issues, having to deal with problematic relationships. That must have been an interesting well, time for you. We've seen five things in forensic pathology during COVID lockdown. So the first thing I'm seeing is a lot of mental health issues and suicides. Second thing I'm seeing is a lot of addict related deaths, like people aren't getting their fixes. So then they're making their own alcohol or getting their drugs in in the forest ways. The third thing I'm seeing is a lot of interpersonal violence because people are being locked down with each other with nowhere left to run and hide. They're coming face to face with themselves. The fourth thing I'm seeing is people have forgotten how to drive because lockdown or restrictions has decreased their reflexes and their confidence. So people are having more accidents. And the fifth thing I'm seeing is a lot of skeletons and decomposed bodies because no one is finding all these lonely people. So um, we are seeing those five things increase during COVID restrictions. Mm, Got to care a little bit more. Yeah, so um, you asked me about my 10 lessons for the living from the dead. I wrote them, but I mean, th- these, these are real world things that, I mean, people have given me negative feedback on the book saying that I'm too preachy and who am I to tell them how to live their lives? But this is the reality, whether they like it or not. It just is what it is. I promise you, I, I did not come up with these things out of the blue or thumb suck them. Trust me on this. Those 10 things that I said at the end will lessen your chance of ending your, with your life on an unnatural death. So those 10 lessons are from the dead to the living to stop you dying an unnatural death. Really, I, I did not suck them out of my thumb This is from over 9,000 autopsies. I've noticed these things as common threads in those who have died unfortunate deaths. This is the reality. 
and you know whether they like it or not this is the, this is what it is so uh, but people have taken me on saying that I'm preachy and I mustn't tell them how to live their lives but I'm just conveying what I'm seeing so I really don't have an agenda here except to maybe make my workload less and to try and extend your life a bit longer so that is that is why I put those 10 things at the end a lot of self-help books are very prescriptive in the end you're basically hoping to never have to work with who reads your book you do not want them to be colleagues of yours and end up on your table so it's quite interesting to see the response to someone genuinely sharing good advice so yeah i must say that i very much resonated with a lot of the lessons that you leave in your lessons from the dead to the living so personally i'm very very grateful for a lot of those things that you put down and i'm sure that lots of people who read it will also be and on that note it is on our website and the test is up so anyone wanting to take the test can go and do so but the, the book was never written to be morbid or nihilistic or anything negative i literally if there is a theme behind my book it would be matter of factism because it is what it is you know i'm not um coming up with some fancy schmancy like new trend or or something this is what we see on a day-to-day basis and i want to make the world a better place so i just all i was doing and what i did was communicated so it's an unapologetic in your face matter of fact look at what happens in unnatural deaths in africa and I, I just hope something good comes of it. There is some humor in the book. I think it's got a positive um, note to it. So that is why I did what I did. Absolutely. And what better way to convey to people how to live their lives and what not to do than from someone who sees the worst case scenarios of what happens to you if you don't. I just need to say good job. Thank you. I wrote the book after hours in the wee hours of the morning. Like we're really working hard. So I did this really extracurricularly. Like getting this on paper was hard work, and you know I, I did this from my heart. It's out there. I'm happy I did it. I have no regrets, mm. and people need to read it. Well, thank you very, very much, Ryan. I wish you a good, safe evening and a good week ahead. Thank you.